South Africa have been to the Junior World Cup this year. They've been to the Senior World Cup this year. They've been to the Commonwealth Games. They have Nations Cup still loading. It's been an action-packed year. And someone who has had ringside seats to the to the show, to the entertainment, to the glory, is our guest tonight as Hockey the Podcast spends some time with Untatile Zulu. And we discuss her year, her career, and her plans going forward. All of that and more in this episode of Hockey the Podcast. It's none other than Tati Zulu. Tati, welcome to Hockey the Podcast. Long overdue, but it is absolutely awesome to have this time to chat with you tonight about all things hockey. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, there's nothing better than speaking about my passion. So I'm, I'm great that I'm able to, you know, make my debut on, on, the, on the podcast. Yeah, and, and talking about your passion. So ladies and gents, welcome. We are going to be talking about origami for the next 30 minutes. Tati's going to tell me how to fold a paper airplane. <laughs> Actually, do you, know, <laughs> do, you, do you know any origami? Well, I used to do some origami in school. No but way. Not so much <laughs> a passion. Uh, you know, you can't make these things up. Well, Tati, I haven't brought you here to talk about origami. It's not origami, the podcast. No, it is hockey, the podcast. And what a year it's been for South African hockey after the pain of COVID, after the disappointment of, of delays. All of a sudden, 2022 has been the year that hockey has given. And, and you've had a front row seat to the adventure. We had the Junior World Cup in Potterstrom. You went through with the team to the Senior World Cup in uh, Spain and Netherlands and, of course, to the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. And that's not where it stops. Of course, over and above that, there's been an IPT, there's been club hockey, there's varsity sports coming up, there's been a USA. Uh, I think you were probably away for USA, if I'm not wrong. But also a Nations Cup at the end of the year. It is an absolutely action-packed calendar. And as I said, most players would hope to play in one World Cup in a year. You played in two and a Commonwealth Games. I mean, do you sit there in Pretoria and have to pinch your pinch yourself to to like realize what a year it's been? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, coming from last year where we had you know barely any well the last two years in COVID barely any hockey and tournaments. Um, it's really nice to have a, a jam packed year, you know, and with that comes a lot of experience, I guess. Um, you know, I went to a Junior World Cup in the beginning of the year, which prepared me um, for World Cup and Com Games that I was lucky enough to be selected for. Um, so, yeah, I think without a doubt, my varsity teammates have also helped me get through um, this year and my coach as well, which is Inky Zondi, as most of you know. Um, and I was lucky enough to also have him there throughout my journey um, from 2019 to now. Um, so yeah, it's been really exciting. It's been overwhelming. And sometimes I think I forget to kind of reflect and look back at, you know, my experience, 
my achievements, um, you know, because you're constantly striving to become better every day and you're constantly working to the next, into the next tournament. You know, I've got Varsity Cup coming up and on top of that, I'm trying to get into the team for the Nations Cup, which is in December. So I think something that I'm going to try improve is just acknowledging um, my previous tournaments and performances. Well, well I mean... Well- we, we have to start with the Junior World Cup because uh, South Africa got hosted. Of course, it was supposed to be in December last year. And then, of course, yes. we got red-listed as teams were on their way here. That that in itself was immensely disappointing for you. It, it must have felt like the carpet was pulled out from under your feet. And not just that, it must have really felt like there was no way this tournament's ever going to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, last year... We were told, oh, no, the tournament's happening in December. You know, um, after the whole COVID situation, we were all motivated to really play in December. And when when we got told, we were all just so disappointed. We're like, is this ever going to happen? And a lot of us were over the age of 21. And, you know, with Junior World Cup, um, you're only allowed to play if you're under 21. Um, So we were worried that we weren't going to get the opportunity to experience, I guess, junior international hockey. Um, So... I don't know, we, we were just really happy when it happened this year. And even better, it was, you know, at home, um, which made it extra special because we were able to experience everything with our parents as well. And and again, the, the question there, um, you know, how, how long before the tournament did you know they were going to accept you as an under-22? So I think we got told a few months before, um, you know, the communication came quite late in terms of the protocols for the tournament and if we're going to be allowed to play or not. Um, so a lot of us were on edge as to whether or not we're going to, you know, um, represent our country at a junior level. And it was kind of a little bit sad because the majority of us um, in the team were actually over the, tw- age of, the age of 21. And we all obviously have different goals and ambitions and we're really looking forward to it. So when we heard that, you know, we were able to participate, um, a lot of us were really happy and relieved. Um, so, yeah, I, I really can't complain about that. I'm really happy that I got to experience um, junior international hockey. Well, and and it probably worked out a little bit beneficial for you because uh, in December, it wasn't long after IPT, you were nursing the shoulder injury. Uh, Definitely. Did, did it work out that you were playing a, a junior World Cup fully fit rather than carrying a, a concern? Um, yeah, it's actually crazy. It worked out so well for me, um, you know, with the Junior World Cup moving to this year. Um, so last year at IPT, I actually um, injured my shoulder and I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to be able to get back in time for the Junior World Cup in December. You know, I was planning on playing, um, but I would say it was going to be a 50-50 chance as to how much game time I was going to get. So... I was very desperate. I was, you know, um, anxious. I don't know what to do. I kept on messaging my coach, asking her whether or not um, I'm going to be ready in time. So I did a lot of rehab. And luckily enough, I was able to to, to play in this year, April, you know, and I was 100% fit, um, which I'm really, really happy um, about. Yeah, you were 100% fit. And, but we got to Potchestrom. And we took on England, and it was uh, almost a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a tough game, 
against an English side who were probably there for the beating on the day. No disrespect, yeah. Bente. Um, yeah. But w do you think that was a lesson that's held you in good stead for how to get over disappointment subsequently in the year? Um, I think definitely, you know, um, we went into that first game, you know, with a lot of belief, excitement, you know, um, and it was kind of, I think, a wake up call for a lot of us because a lot of us hadn't experienced international hockey before. Um, so for us, it was a realization of where we were at and what this, the competition brought, you know, um, we had to start on our A game from the first game. Um, and it took us a while to actually wake up and, you know, perform to the best of our abilities. And, you know, if I recall, I would say the toughest game that I experienced at Junior World Cup was definitely against the English side. They were very, very physical um, and you could really feel it throughout the whole game um, from what I recall. So, yeah, it was definitely a wake up call for a lot of us. Um, and we did a lot of introspection. And yeah, I guess that gave us a boost into the the games that we had after that. And yeah, exactly that. We had some cracking games. The the game against Ireland was a, a superb game. Probably my favorite was the first half of our game against USA. Um, disappointment against Korea, but against USA, that first half, we were absolutely all over them. I mean, I know we did allow them back into the game, but... Overall, yeah. team finishing seventh, equally the highest ever finished by a South African junior team at a World Cup. That's pretty damn special, don't you think? Definitely. Um, I think a lot of the passion came from the disappointment in our previous game against um, Korea. You know, we, we thought we were going to be able to at least make, um, you know, a top, a top four. <laughs> so it was a little bit disappointing because we had worked so hard um, the island game and then the, the career game came and we just let it slip so for us it was really important that we ended well um, and yeah a lot of us aren't going to play will we'll not play with each other for a really long time again so that was one one point that was mentioned in our meeting and I think we played for each other and we played for all well all the other all years that we had we've been training together um, so yeah it was very special to end off on a high um, and yeah, a lot of the people we might not see again, we might play with, we're not too sure. So yeah, it was good to end on, on a high note. Yeah, it's it's a good point you make because, you know, as you say, uh, for many players, that's the pinnacle of their hockey career. They get to represent their country at a Junior World Cup and they never really make the step up to senior. You, of course, have transitioned to the senior team quite naturally. Of course, you had already played a couple of games pre-COVID, the, the African qualifier uh, a bit of a spring chicken in the side back then. Um, but you're now already starting to become one of the seasoned pros in the team. Uh, 28 caps to your name. And in those caps is a World Cup, the Olympic Games and the Commonwealth Games. I mean, if, if, if I had told you that at the age of 22, you would already have featured in those three tournaments, would you have believed me? Uh, no freaking way. I wouldn't have believed you. It's, it's been crazy. Um, you know, ever since my call up in 2019, you know, things have just uh, fallen in place. And yeah, it's it's actually crazy that 
um, you know, I was able to achieve, I'm able to achieve so much already. Um, you know, um, I've had goals and ambitions, but I didn't think it would come um, this soon. So I'm just like really grateful that I'm able to get the opportunity to represent my country, especially being one of the youngsters in the team. You know, um, a lot of in the past, there were just a lot of experienced players in the team. But it's it's really nice to see that they're, they're including more young, um, talented players into the, the setup. And they are. And and. I mean, obviously, you look in, in the team, and if we go into just the uh, the team that played at the World Cup, I mean, there's a number of young players who had a, a handful of caps and, and showed some wonderful, wonderful um, performances. I mean, you've got Edith Medikwe at that stage, 19 caps, uh, yourself in the 20s, um, Hannah Pierce, who had just reached 30 caps. Um, and, and you're all... 23 and younger. Uh, Matapello, Krista, Ramasimong, of course, she made her debut. Uh, Jean-Louis Dutoy, who captured the imagination of the world, specifically at the Commonwealth Games. Um, mm-hmm. Kayla Duvall, Henry Lowe, even Nepo Saraka, who, who obviously didn't play at the World Cup, but uh, was there with the team and got her first games uh, against Wales after that. I, I mean, does that make it you know, sometimes, you know, you look, you go into a team like that and there's Lisa Dietlis with over 250 caps, Quinita Bobs, Bernadette Carsten, Lillian Duplessis, and uh, even FIH Goalkeeper of the Year nominee, Pumalela Mbanda. And these are huge names in South African hockey. They are names that are uh, they're quite intimidating to be around. Does having a lot more of the young players around just make that transition a little easier for you? Um, yeah, most definitely. You know, I played with Edith Henry and John Lee at Junior World Cup and I played with them at the University of Pretoria as we all four at the University of Pretoria. So having them there definitely does help the transition as well as our coach who's part of the coaching staff. Um, so it definitely makes it much easier because, I mean, it's never easy being a part of something that you've never been a part of. Um, you know, there's always a lot of you know, doubts as to whether or not you'll perform, you know, to the level that everyone else is performing. So, yeah, it's definitely made it much easier having them there and more comfortable. And, of course, uh, you know, we, we often say it's so hard to make your mark, but I just want to play a quick little clip uh, to talk about how you did make your mark at the World Cup. Zulu, can you see going there? Lovely cutback from Zulu. Zulu. Zulu in around the back. Zulu, can she find the ball back? Zulu. Zulu, yeah, lovely play from Zulu. Now she's got the penalty corner. He's at it again. Who's in around the back? Zulu, can she find the ball back? Oh, he's the penalty corner. Zulu takes this game by the score for the back in the second half down this right hand side. She gets the ball and she just throws for it. And uh, for those who want to see it, a video by the FIH, uh, where it finishes with where legends are made. And it really is talking about how you were the catalyst behind an incredible comeback. Arguably one of the best games of hockey I've seen South African women play in a very long time. 3-0 down against Japan. We drew 3-3. And in fact, we were very unlucky not to win that game. I mean, that must be in your mind one of the greatest games you've ever played. No, it definitely was. Um, yeah, we were 3-0 down. And I just remember um, our coach saying that we need to use our strengths, you know. Um, and 
just basically identifying what your strengths are and using them to the benefit of the team. And for me, that was obviously making those baseline run, runs, bringing the ball into the D and just connecting with my teammates. Um, so for me, I was trying to concentrate on that because obviously when it comes to a loss, there's a lot of things going through your mind, you know, whether it being positive or negative thoughts. But in that moment, I thought to myself, okay, you know, how can I bring my strength, um, you know, t- in order to be, you know, to get a better opportunity at scoring or something that's beneficial to the team at that time. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit overwhelming because I was able to receive play over the match that that game. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely with the help of my teammates. I mean, it was it was a crazy match. I'll never forget that match. Well, and, and you know, yes, you get play of the match. It was... It was the kind of performance that, uh, you know, we used to see the likes of um, uh, Shelly Jones, Shelly Russell doing for South Africa for years, marauding runs down the side. I mean, the only thing your your performance missed in the end was your own goal because you were so dominant. You were setting up things, you were creating things, you were winning penalty corners. And of course, you're, you're yet to tick that box, get the international goal. Is is that a big target sitting on your on your horizon? It definitely is a big target considering that I'm a striker, um, but I don't want to force things, um, you know, so I'm just trying to focus on the process of, of possibly getting a goal. And I think it'll just come at its own time, um, you know, as long as I'm adding my value in, that is beneficial to the team, then I'm happy with that. But obviously I do want to score goals. I'm a striker. So, yeah, I'm crossing fingers for Nations Cup in the upcoming um you know, tournaments if I do make the team. So, yeah, that's definitely something that's on my bucket list that I'm looking to take off. <laughs> Listen, I, I say this with all due respect. I don't care if you score goals if you play like you did against Japan. Um, <laughs> that was that was a sensational performance. Of course, it, it, you guys were also away from home for a very long time. It's the longest tour you've had in your life so far. What was the biggest challenge of that? Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I'd say towards the end of the World Cup, I started getting really, really homesick. Um, You know, you're away from family and friends um, who you've kept in contact with almost, you know, or see almost at least, you know, every day or, you know, once in a while. So for me, the biggest, um, I'd say, challenge was being away from family and friends and just connecting with everyday people. Um, you know, people think, oh, no, we're on a tour, you know, we're able to keep in contact over the phone, but it's not the same as, you know, um, being in person and interacting with people in everyday life. You know, we're constantly staying with the same people for three months. It gets to a point where everyone gets so sick of each other and you just miss, you know, the people you spend the majority of your time with. A hundred percent. And obviously there are, certain players in a team that you bond with even better and you become really good friends with and they are probably the person that you use to escape the team environment every now and again with. Who is that for you? Sure, actually quite a few of them. I'd say Edith, John Lee, Henry, um, you know, Marizen, Lee, Nepal, Bianca. So, yeah, we connected a lot, which was really nice. Um, um, and, I mean, if you spend that much time with, 
with with people you end up building a bond um so it was really nice to have those friendships that formed over time um and yeah they were basically home away from home in a sense and and any post to a blues um yeah most definitely but luckily enough um my mother and my cousins were able to come join me at the Commonwealth Games. So they were they were there supporting me, um, which was very, very special. It was the first time that my mom came to watch me abroad. And it was my first like tournament abroad or second tournament abroad. Um, so it was really nice to have my, my family there. Um, and it definitely made things much better after, uh, you know, a tough World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and... and- so obviously the World Cup started nicely with the the uh, Japan result getting us into the the crossovers. We we yeah. really tested Germany, but the lack of turnaround time cost us against Ireland and ultimately. Yeah. But you know, it, a lot of teams that's it. You'd end the tournament. You would go home. You would uh, you would reassess and you'd have some debriefs, but you weren't afforded that opportunity because uh, a couple of days later you were then in the UK you were then in Wales and having to yeah. play a little series against Wales three matches all official test caps uh, yeah and then straight back to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games and a very very tough start to the tournament against Scotland and of course former indoor South African player Heather McEwen. Yeah, I mean, how hard was the transition that you weren't able to really digest what had happened at World Cup and had to dive straight back in to another tour? Yeah, I know. It was, um, I'd say, really draining um, mentally and physically, um, knowing that we had another tournament, but we also knew what we had to do. You know, it's not like we didn't know that we had, we had two tournaments. We knew it was going to be a long, um, you know, a, a long tour away from home um so for a lot of us you know we had to reboot and go again you know as difficult that as, as as it was we had to reboot and go again because we had another tournament to perform at and um you know we had a i'd say a second chance at um trying to prove to ourselves how good we are and how we've made progress over the past few months um you know with the new coach coming in so for us, I think we try to stay as positive as possible, um, you know, and as soon as we started getting into that first game, you know, we all knew what our goal was. Um, and when we lost that first game, um, yeah, it hit us deep, a lot of us, because, you know, we had just come back from um, a series with Wales. We had just, you know, um reassessed everything and you know we've gotten into a new tournament um but when we lost that first game you know a lot of us were upset disappointed and in a sense i guess lost <laughs> if you want to put it in that way um because you know in order to get a chance um at being in top in the top four at the at the commonwealth games you know we had to win the first few games um yeah, which were the lower-ranked teams um, compared to the other teams that we were going to play. So for us, that was very disappointing um, because we definitely wanted a different result. 
Yeah, so I mean, it it, it it obviously was, and and we started that game well. You know, we led two one. Lisa scoring two goals, which didn't happen very often. Um, yeah. Do do you think the fact that we had been on tour so long that we were, um, that we had played a lot of games and that they hadn't really gone our way? Do you think there was uh, an overarching there, or do you think just Scotland just played better on the day? Um, yeah, I don't think Scotland really played better on the day. I think they just took their opportunities when they had them, you know. Um, we were, I think, we were two on up and we, I think our game management wasn't that great. And yeah, we just let the game slip really. Um, as much as you're two on ahead, you know, anything can happen in a match. And I think that was our biggest lesson that, you know, we mustn't get complacent throughout the game. Um, and we must just keep playing the hockey that that we are capable of playing till the last minute um, because then situations like this happen. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely um, hope that you know, there's been progress in the team um, from, I, I would say, certain chapters that people have watched. Um, it's just now a thing of trying to um, get more consistent, I would say, performances throughout the chapters. Yeah, and uh, of course it did end on a high. Um, we we managed to get the goal that uh, we we uh, we desperately wanted against Wales, winning that game one 0 And of course, once again, you were an architect. You uh, played an absolutely cracking ball across the goal, and uh, it was the kind of good ball that deserved a goal. And and fortunately for for you and for us as South African fans. Um, Lillian was there and, and finished really superb. I actually thought it's it's not the easiest finish, but she made it look super easy the way she did it. Um, and and that was that. That was one 0 and, and that is our most recent international game, ending on a high. I know you want the goal, but it must make you feel really good when you do provide an assist like that. No, most definitely. You know, a, an assist is just as good as the goal scorer. Um, that's something I've just you know. Um, thought about um and funny enough that day Lillian and I were actually accountability um buddies and we basically just states I'd, I'd say maybe two points that we'd like to achieve throughout the game and then um we review it after the game and you know when I was able to pass that ball across the goal to her I was just so happy I like literally ran to her and gave her the biggest hug um so yeah it was a really nice moment for me to assist the team in getting that win. You know, we only won by one goal. So it was actually quite a, a tense game because we had obviously played them in the series. So, um, and we drew in that series. So, you know, it, there was a lot of tension with that game because we knew how we we, we both played. Um, so, yeah, I was just happy with the win, to be honest. Yeah, and it's a nice way to end things off. Of course, the big win against Kenya was also enjoyable uh, not least for Jean-Louis Dutoy, who put away goals for fun in that game. Um, but of course, you guys came back and, and one of the things that Giles wanted was he wanted a lot of you, pretty much unless there was an injury, to play at the RPT. And so you didn't really have a lot of time off before you had refocus and uh, joined your Northern Blues team. And of course, in the next episode of Hockey the Podcast, I'm actually chatting with four players from your team um, as we talk about the RPT, we were going to invite you, and then we thought, no, no, Tati deserves her own 
podcast. She doesn't <laughs> need to come on a, a group one. But um, you know, jokes aside, it was it was a fantastic tournament. Um, you guys were tested quite a lot on your way to the title. It it was at it times uh, it, it it was at times a very very tough tournament for you and. I suppose uh, from a national point of view, we saw a lot of people putting their hands up to say, hey, Giles, I'm here, consider me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say for me, it was this tournament was more refreshing, um, you know, coming from the past two tournaments, um, you know, to play with different people, different faces, to, you know, have a different coach. I guess sometimes it's really nice just, to, you know, challenge myself and to keep me sane and going. Um, and that's something I think I, I definitely do need. Um, so, yeah, I honestly am not complaining about um, the hockey that I've, you know, had this whole year. Um, and, you know, the Northerns Blues people just made it even extra special because, you know, it's been a long time since I've played for Northern Kauteng. I think the last time I played for them was 2018 when I was still in school um, because after that, I started playing for the SA Under 21 during IPT um, for the past few years. So, yeah, it was really nice to be back with the girls and it was extra special because, you know, we were able to win it. Um, it definitely wasn't easy, but I think the belief and the passion that we all had in each other and, um, you know, in the coach really really helped yeah you you say it was tough i mean probably the the toughest game was against the sa under 21s and that was in the semi-final of course uh it was also the furie sisters battling each other but more than that <laughs> uh, a little bit of you know that's the team you captain and there's a few of your ex uh, teammates still playing for the sa under 21s it's lenise marege your ex-coach uh, marcel keats they're all still there um and I know it went all the way to shootouts and it was a, a thrilling game and uh, an Elf and Devonton goals was, was superb, of course. Uh, it went to shootouts and you guys managed to score uh, three out of three, including your own um, to begin with. Uh, when you were taking on Morgan, did you know what you were going to do before before you got up there? Did you have a plan or were you just reacting to uh, whatever she was going to do? <laughs> To be honest, I didn't have a plan. You know, a lot was going through my mind. I was like, okay, no, I just need to score this goal and make sure that, you know, the team gets through. Um, I honestly, I usually don't have a plan when I do my eight seconds. Um, I usually go for what the keeper does. Um, so, yeah, on that day, I decided to move her to the left and then score towards the right, which was, yeah, successful. Yeah, it worked. And, and obviously, it led you guys through to the final where you were able to beat Western Province. Um, but but I think more interesting now for the the listeners is, you know, which players impressed you in this tournament? Which players do you think put their hands up and, and we can expect to to see maybe not this year, but maybe in the near future, uh, representing at a higher level? Oh, wow. Um, I don't mean to be biased or anything. Uh, you can be biased. It's I, okay. I, <laughs> But I definitely think uh, my teammate, Zante Fonsel, I think she's um, worked really hard. Um, so she definitely did surprise me. And definitely, obviously, a lot of the SNA 21 girls, um, which I always support because, I mean, um, you, 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 you have young, talented players who 
you know, uh, making things interesting and are always giving people a challenge. Um, and I think one of the girls also who impressed me, I think her name is Ntopa, um, in the Isana 21 side. Um, I think she's definitely going to go far. And she does remind me of me a little bit <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, when you were younger. Ah, to all our <laughs> listeners who are thinking, sure. In my school <laughs> even, years, let even, me say even, that. even a 22-year-old can say when, <laughs> when I was younger. Uh, of course, that is uh, Ntopa Makwena who uh, represented Free State last year. She, of course, played for South Africa at the Hockey Fives in Switzerland, uh, played now recently for the SA Under-18s, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's part of the larger squad under Giles. She's uh, a diminutive, uh, you know, explosive talent. But uh, she's going to have to try and get past Tati Zulu for that role in the team. And uh, you obviously got the role. You want to hold on to it with... uh, with both hands as tightly as possible but of course it's the weirdest thing is is <laughs> your hockey right now so you've just played at the world cup you've played against australia you've played against um ireland you've played against germany you played at the junior world cup playing the likes of uh, netherlands i mean uh, and and most of those dutch girls are playing with the class of hockey and you come back and in two weeks time it's Varsity Cup. I mean, are, are you still able to get yourself as fired up for a Varsity Cup game as, as an international game? Uh, most definitely. You know, um, I think for me, um, this is a big deal because, you know, the whole year I've been away from the team, from my university team. Um, and when you're away, it really does, you know, uh, make a huge impact on your teammates. So just being back and being able to experience um, the varsity life um, with my teammates and the varsity training, um, it's something I definitely missed. Um, so that's why I'm so so am to be back to be playing with the girls because I haven't played there, played with them in a really really long time. Um, and you know, they uh, we've got really really good players and. I'm just happy to be amongst people my age playing in a tournament um, that's so exciting and is meant to be fun for varsity students. Yeah, and and of course, because of COVID, it hasn't happened the last couple of years. You haven't really had the opportunity to experience properly, but uh, it is happening. It is a very reduced tournament, just the semi-final, final round, just the top four uh, teams, but it's still another opportunity to play varsity hockey. Of course, for the listeners, you are at university. How are you balancing your studies with all the hockey? <laughs> Am I even balancing my studies? <laughs> but yeah, um, Tyrone, it's been really difficult, um, especially with um, the Olympic year um, last year. Um, so I had to extend my studies by a year um, because I missed really, really important exams last year. Um, so that's something that I had to sacrifice. But luckily enough, this year is my final year at university. Um, I finished my my studies in a BCom in business management. Um, yeah, I think it's just trying to stay on top of things. And um, whenever I have classes or lectures, I make contact with friends who are in the same classes with me and try get as much information as possible, notes um, and important um important points that are made in class. Um, so luckily enough, I have friends in the same classes as me who are able to update me on what's going on. And yeah, I'm able to 
write my exams and tests now, um, luckily, since I've been back. Yeah, and, and it's an interesting thing. Obviously, COVID did change things a little because we we embraced the world of uh, virtual learning a little bit more. But, um, yeah, as much as that's made things easier, it's probably also made things challenging because people are like, it doesn't matter if you're remote, you need to stay up to date. Definitely. Um, I think just trying to manage your day a bit better and not getting lazy, I guess. Um, you know, I, I'd say remote learning would have helped this year more than anything else <laughs> um, because of the amount of, you know, hockey that we've been playing and the amount of tournaments that have happened this year. Um, because just before World Cup, I missed the um, GB series because I had to finish writing my exams, which were very important because it's my final year. Um, so I couldn't miss that. And Henry and I flew down to meet the team, I would say, I think a few days later because they had left, uh, I think, five days or six days before us because we had to finish writing our exams. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's incredibly tough, but it also is just a reminder that hockey is um in a many many countries around the world an amateur sport it's uh yeah. in some countries a semi-professional sport and in very few is it considered professional so the question is tati from a hockey point of view where where to from here from a hockey point of view obviously you know my i have goals and ambitions to possibly make the 2024 um olympic team um, yeah, and I graduate this year, so I'm looking to possibly play overseas in maybe the next two coming years or three years. I haven't made my decision yet. Um, so just to get a bit more experience um, and exposure from that extent. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. It's overwhelming. It's daunting because there's a lot of change that happens over the years, but it's definitely um good to have changed sometimes and uh from a, a a working point of view are you uh you know how soon are you looking to start uh, getting into the the professional world <laughs> you sound like my mother asking me that question uh, i'll take that as a, um, i'll but... take that as a compliment <laughs> thanks mrs <Mrs>. zulu <laughs> From a working point of view, um, I'm not sure when I'm going to start working, but I definitely want to work um, in the marketing industry um, or business management industry. Um, that's something I see myself doing, um, especially with the, the social media that I have as well. And um, yeah, the people on, on board with me and supporting me and yeah, just sponsoring me. So from that aspect, I'm not too sure when I'm going to start working, but I can definitely start working next year. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, there you heard it. Uh, Tati's going to start on the side helping hockey the magazine and podcast with stuff. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get talking. But Tati, uh, you know, around the world, you have uh, sports stars that have iconic looks. Uh, you had Marouane Fellaini from Belgium who played in the Premier League and he had that big afro and when he shaved it off everybody complained um, <laughs> you know we had Sibusiso Zuma for many years he had that peroxided hair and when he dyed it everyone was like no uh, Shabalala Sipiwe Shabalala had the, the trademark uh, dreads and you know it just wasn't the same without it there's a couple of guys who had trademark beards now 
have you started to consider whether your 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 braids that you wear and and the bright blonde that you you have in them <laughs> is that your trademark and and will it change because it would just now not look right without it. <laughs> it's actually crazy that people have noticed my blonde braids like as my iconic look and i only thought it was my iconic look until it was it was recognized um you know on the i think it was the netherlands um one of the articles that was posted about my hair and a lot of the tournaments that i've been to i've only ever had blonde braids um funny enough and i usually do change my hair color because that's something i just enjoy doing i find it really cool i'm able to express myself um but yeah, I found that the blonde really does suit me and I've gone with it majority of the time throughout the year. Um, so it's something I will definitely consider with the upcoming tournaments if I make the certain teams. Um, you know, I have to make sure that I get my blonde braids done before the tournaments so that people can recognize me. You know, with your with your social media expertise, your your braids have grown enough of character through how many mentions they got at Junior and World Cup as well as Senior World Cup that they potentially could have their own Instagram account. <laughs> Most definitely. And, you know, the lady who's actually done my hair has done my hair for the past um, 10 years. So I've been really lucky um, to have the same person do my hair for the past 10 years, which is super cool. That's something that possibly people don't know about me but the lady who does my hair there's only one lady who does my hair and she comes um you know to my house to do it which is really really nice of her uh, you know there's so many great stories in the world of hockey uh, your story and your rise to the top of the past uh, 12 months really has been uh, something really really awesome to see we look forward to seeing you uh, represent the country again later this year at the FH Nations Cup, God willing, you are fit and healthy and selected, and uh, we can make more incredible stories with you. and And hopefully, we get you back on the podcast when you're telling everybody about the hat trick that you scored to win the game <laughs> for South Africa. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's it's very exciting, and um, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, it just I'm playing not only for myself but for all the other people watching, and you know. Um, all the little girls who possibly want to play hockey for South Africa one day. Uh, and you're doing such a great job. Tati Zulu, South African superstar already. She's just 22 years old. Thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of Hockey the Podcast. It's 120 something now. Um, so if you're bored and you want to go back and listen, give a listen. Uh, go leave a rating. And of course, uh, at the end of the month, check out Check us out in the African Podcasters and VoiceOver Artist Award. Uh, we are nominated for the Best African Podca uh, Sports Podcast. And we'll find out where we sit on the pecking order at the end of the month. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and see you on the turf.